0: We should, like, go and, like, hang out with Todd. <laughs> Whoa. It's Todd. Yeah. He, he, he. Todd's even cooler than we thought. <laughs> Boys, I'm looking for a fella who goes by the name of Todd. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He's cool. <laughs> Todd would make, like, a good manager or something. <laughs> Todd, roll. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the 206 Geek Podcast with your host, Todd, the 206 Geek. All right, yes, this is episode 82, and I'm your host, Todd, the 206 Geek. I know you guys are like, enough already. We've already heard you talk like three times this week. I was like, well, you know what? Some of us have to find something to keep ourselves from going completely nuts. You know what I mean? You know? (laughs) <laughs> uh you know like not going crazy and stuff. <laughs> All right, so um yeah, I today I decided to go ahead and look up things on Google News as well as my Feedly list. So I got a couple of things that from sources that I don't normally read from, I think. Like uh GameSpot yeah, GameSpot is a, is a page that I don't hardly ever read from. But they've come up on my uh, Google News. Let's see here. Anything else on here? On my For You, on my Google, Google News. Uh, one of them is, has San Diego Comic-Con been canceled yet? We'll get into that. And... Uh, Let's see a Jane Silent Bob restaurant could possibly be opening sometime this year as a pop-up so we'll talk about that and uh some more Kevin Smith news uh he might be writing the coronavirus into the Mallrat sequel so we'll read about that um the the voice actor Danny Goldman Many of you probably would recognize his voice as the voice of Brainy Smurf. He has passed away at 80 years old. We'll read that article and see what it says. Let's see here. It looks like um, an actress by the name of M- Emily H- Hampshire. Hampshire? Am I saying that right? I don't think I am, but either way, she's, she's on a show called Schitt's Creek, and it's S-C-H-I-T-T-S. And she wants to play She-Hulk or Spider-Woman, so we'll talk about that. And it looks like Marvel Studios might be... It is rumored to be... um, have meeting with John Krasinski. And then the last thing here... Oh, I already talked about that. Hans has has San Diego comic-con been canceled yet? We'll talk about that last. All right. So first on that list of things to talk about, a Jane and restaurant is opening. Are you ready to eat at movies? I know I am get myself a muil shake and, um, uh, a, uh, cow chipper <laughs> and some onion rings, one ring to rule them all. Um, I'm a, I'm a Kevin Smith fanboy can you tell? Um, so when I first read this I was like oh my god that would be amazing to, to go to uh, later this year c- fingers crossed anyway uh, when I get to go down to Southern California to hit Disneyland and Universal uh, if if that does happen in October then um, I will and that and these things are open at that time. I will definitely be like, I want to see this. We need to go there for, like, you know, a meal. Because um, I think uh, right around, like, the mid-2000s, about 2005 or six, whenever, the, whenever um, Clerks 2 came out, and uh, I was on, like, Google Maps trying to find filming locations for the movie, because I was planning on like road tripping down to California in like the next year. Or I was thinking about it. I don't know if I was necessarily planning. I was like, this would be so cool to see. And I remember I remember um, finding out where the movies from Clerks 2 was at. It was not far from Knott's Berry Farm, if I recall. And uh, the place is no longer there. the 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 building has been torn down since then, but the lot I think is still there. And last time I looked, because I still have it in my uh, in my favorites in Google Google Earth, um, it's either Google Earth or Google Maps. Either way, I last time I looked, uh, they it was just torn down because it was it was formerly a Burger King. Just south, I think. I want to say south. Just just below, the uh, just a few blocks south of of the uh, theme park, and it's um, I knew it was the right place because I I had read that it was in that part of California that it was it used to be a a, a Burger King, and I you know from watching the movie that the um, they're next to an like a hotel or apartment complex. So I did some, did some, some, uh, did some of my Google foo on, uh, on Google maps. And it was actually, I want to say it was probably Google earth that I did it on, but I found, I found the location. And, uh, at the time that I found the location, uh, the Burger King was still there. (laughs) And, um, at least it was still showing up on Google Earth it may have been torn down shortly after they film filmed the movie and that's what I hear anyway and um, let me move the mic a little bit there we go and uh, but I used to I used to do like virtual um, virtual um, road trips as I called them because you know I didn't have the money to go any of these places but these are all places I've wanted to see. And that was one of the places because I want to I want to see f- filming locations for some of my favorite movies, and um, when I heard that there was a pop up coming to uh, the LA area, I was like, oh my god, that'd be so amazing! <laughs> I wonder I wonder if they're gonna have like the 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 movie um, computer station. You are the one who are the ball lickers. That's a line from the movie. <laughs> I love that movie. It's one of my favorites of his. Um, if I was to like name off my top five Kevin Smith movies, it would probably go um, Dogma, uh, Clerks 2, The First Clerks, um, Mallrats, and then, um, Chasing Amy in that order. So, um, but I, I like, I like all of you Skew Universe movies. Um, I even, you know what? I even liked Reboot, the newest one that he just came out with. I, I bought it when it was first available to purchase on digital. And, uh, I've watched it a couple times. It's, 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 it's not one of my favorites. I mean, it has a lot of, a lot of, um, recycled jokes, I guess you could call them. I mean, it's, cause it's kind of, it's making fun of reboots. So that was kind of the idea behind a lot of the jokes. It's like, we're just retelling the same story. We're just changing the people and the locations. And, uh, <laughs> I thought that was funny, you know, and, um, i've I've seen a lot of negative comments about that movie and how terrible it was, and I don't know I liked it. I liked it a lot better than his horror movies that he's done in the last few years. um he did Red State in the Tusk, which was oh my God, I'm not a horror guy. um I think the only reason why I watched Tusk is because I wanted to see the Walrus more than anything else. Um, I liked all the actors that were involved with those movies, but just the, uh, it just wasn't my thing. And, and I don't want to talk negative about Kevin Smith. I really don't. I, I, I'm, there's very few things I've been, been like, I don't like it or I've been disappointed by. And, uh, and I think it just, it's just not, it's just, it wasn't made for me. That's how I'm looking at it. Those movies were not made for me. And uh, and uh, so, yeah. Let's see what it says here. Let me turn that mic game down just a little bit. Okay, that's better. All right. It says here, it was 1999 when the movie audiences were first introduced to to the fast food chain movies in Dogma, the Kevin Smith comedy starring Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, uh, Linda. Farantino Firenti- F- and Selma Hayek. Now, over two decades later and following many more appearances in Jane, and Bob movies, you'll actually be able to eat at movies. Kevin Smith announced news on Instagram revealing he's partnered with the company that launched Saved by the Bell's pop-up restaurant in Los Angeles to bring the fictional fast food restaurant to life. Ever since I was introduced to the fictional fast food joint in my films, folks have have said, You suck at movies, so open a movies." <laughs> hey, that rhymes, Kevin. Smith wrote on Instagram, Now the folks who did Save by the Max is building the movies pop-up in real life. An IRL eatery in Los Angeles that opens later this year, pandemic pending. That is so amazing! Oh my god, <laughs> I really, I really want to see this. I really do. Oh my god! If you want a shout out on the ah, podcast, I did not mean to do that. That was—I was just trying to turn up the volume on my iPad, and that accidentally hit that button. Glad I stopped it when I did. Um, actually, you know what? Fuck it! I'll go ahead and play it now. If you want a shout-out on the podcast, you can leave a voicemail or text me at 206-504-3190. You can also hit me up on social media at 206geek on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yes. I you know, I figured, you know, I accidentally hit it and might as well let it play through, right? All right, so... And then, uh, and then the following is just what Kevin wrote... It says, while a date has not been announced for the launch of the restaurant, those who live in Los Angeles will get an opportunity to sample the movie's menu um, from April 19th to the 25th. A meal will be available from themed eatery to be delivered by Postmates, as revealed by Smith. It will include a a messy lasagna sandwich, hater tots... (laughs) and chocolate-covered pretzels. Mmm. They're scrumptious. Um, those who know the director's movies will recognize the pretzels from and the tots from the recent Jane Silent Bob reboot. The meal will also come with items autographed by Smith. That probably means that the meals are going to be expensive. As much as I like Kevin Smith, he likes to He likes to charge extra for autographed items, which to be fair, I think when I purchased an an autographed copy of uh, the original Clerks movie that uh, didn't mean to do that, the 10th anniversary edition of the movie, it um, I think the, the original price of it was I think 20 bucks. I spent $30 for the for the for the um, signed copy, like another ten dollars, not a big deal. So I figured, you know, if you get signed stuff from this Postmates, you might be paying extra, and um, or actually because it's Postmates, you might be paying extra. Maybe that's why he's giving out the um, signed items with your meal. <laughs> people down in California are lucky that they're going to be able to, to test this out before before the pop-up opens. Lucky bastards. Alright. What was that? <laughs> Alright. And then still talking about Kevin Smith here. Uh, the other st- the, another story that I found on comicbook.com Um... Maybe I should turn the gain down and just get closer to the mic. That way you're not picking up sounds from the house. (laughs) The pipes for the bathroom upstairs go right past my room. So if you heard that when I said, what was that? That was probably the the toilet being flushed. (laughs) All right, so... This next article says, The ongoing coronavirus pandemic continues to have major impact on the entertainment industry, and it's something that is likely to continue to have an impact well into the future, impact far beyond the economic implications. As major history and cultural events, the coronavirus pandemic is likely to have an impact on the stories going forward, and that includes filmmakers' Kevin Smith's sequel, Mallrats. Smith revealed during a recent broadcast of his podcast "Fat Man Beyond" that he's working the the pandemic into the script of the for Twilight of the Mole Rats. Okay. An interesting, an in, in in addressing the pandemic, Smith said that he was reading. It was reading he was doing about the economic impact of the pandemic on retail, especially malls. That made him realize it was something that needed to be included in the script because the Mallratch story centers in the mall. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, He's quoted saying, it's so weird. I was writing today and I was working on Twilight of the of the Mallrats, the Mallrats 2 script. And so I had to just I had to just read that uh so I had just read last night articles about the retail apocalypse where 2020 was going to be the death of uh, the death nail for a bunch of stores anyway. But the pandemic was has escalated that made it worse and we're about to see a lot of big shoe, shoe uh, uh, excuse me god damn it we're going to see a lot of big box stores big name stores that you that you and I have known for most of our lives just go away forever smith said that means that means massive vaccines and malls so they're predicting the entire implosion of malls. They were they were already teetering, but the entire implosion of malls across America. So as a guy who's writing a movie set in, in a mall, I'm like, well, that's useful information for my line of work. So I had to start writing the pandemic into the movie because clearly this is going to be remembered for all... For all time, it's not like oh, why would you make that so topical? The coronavirus happened last year. You'll be still hearing about the Corona related stories and um, plot lines and and drops for the next five to ten years. The same way post September eleventh was everywhere. Yeah, good point. Smith has been working on the sequel to Mallrats for some time. In January, Smith updated uh, fans that he was hard at work writing the script for Twilight of the Mallrats. Quote, Been happily lost in in the 90s writing Twilight of the Mallrats for most of the last 72 hours, Smith wrote on Twitter. Jumped online a minute ago to see what the real world's been up to and well. Now I'm, I'm headed back... To my safe and my safe made up mall to write pop culture bond bond mots for Brody Bruce's for Brody Bruce instead. Bond mots? What the hell? Pop culture bond mots? I don't know what bond mots are. <laughs> I don't. Maybe I should Google that. I don't know what that means. Let me let me let me check real quick, because. I'm sitting here reading this thing. is Is that a typo, or is that something that just I don't know what it is. Uh, oh, bon mot is a witty remark. Okay. Well, he's a writer, so he would know these kinds of things. I'm not a writer, so clearly I don't know what a bon mot is. <laughs> bon mot. That that actually the fact that I don't know what that is. Um, reminds me of a time The last time I heard a word That I didn't know what the word meant And I was irritated because They chose to use that word Instead of just a The the typical phrase That most people would use And I think it was um Someone used the word myriad I was like what the fuck is a myriad And they told me what it was I was like well why didn't you just say that instead <laughs> I was I was such an, I was such an angry asshole, you know? Todd, don't be an asshole. Yeah, I know, Ralph. Jesus. Um, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, no, I remember, like, completely losing my shit over that, too. That was one of those, that was probably one of those, uh, one of those anger ADD outburst moments that I'm famous for. Um. For those people that actually know me, anyway, that I'm, I'm, I can be kind of a hothead, and sometimes I kind of burst into like this rage monster. I've been really working on not being that guy in the last few years. Um, part of me not doing that has been like living out in the middle of nowhere. I think if I was to live around a lot of people, oh, that also probably helps that I'm actually getting full eight hours of sleep these days, so that probably helps as well. All right, um, so the next story was Danny Goldman. And like I said, most of you will probably know him as the voice of Brainy Smurf, but he's done a bunch of other things too. In fact, I it didn't click until I saw a video clip from an, a movie from the 60s that I remember watching as a kid on television. I was born in 71, so by the time I was like maybe seven, eight years old, a bunch of movies um, from like the 60s were on television or, you know, probably on video. And we were renting stuff from the library because my mom couldn't afford to go just down to any video rental place and get movies. So we had a lot of old movies. And it was funny because I remember looking up the actors who play the Smurfs one time. And I knew that I knew a handful of people, I think maybe one or two, um, but I was looking up the other people to see if they were still working as voice actors or if they walked away from Hollywood altogether kind of thing, and, um, and I looked up to see who was the voice of Brainy Smurf in the newer movies that they did, um, a few years back with Neil Patrick Harris and I was like that doesn't sound like the original actor who played Brandy it must be somebody else so I hopped onto one of my favorite websites imdb. com typed in the Smurfs and so Dave was doing some digging and I found you know Danny Danny Goldman's uh page and I was like that movie sounds familiar I think I've seen that movie and I f- looked for that movie on YouTube and found a clip with Danny's like oh that's the guy who does Brainy. Sp- I can hear it actually. That was his actual speaking voice. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, "Man, I wonder if people in the real world thought of his his voice being as obnoxious and, and annoying as as Brainy Smurf came off in the cartoon, or if he was not as obnoxious in the real world." I don't know. I've never met the guy, but um. It's sad. It's sad to hear that he's passed away, but you know he he um he was eighty, so I would imagine he had a pretty good uh, a long life. But hope anyway. This is what it says here: long time actor Danny Goldman, who's best known for voicing Brady Smurf in the Smurfs, died in his home Saturday night. Goldman passed away, surrounded by f- his friends and family under hospice care, following multiple strokes. A couple months ago, the actor's decade-long friends and agent Doug Eli confirmed uh, confirmed the news online, sharing a touching tribute to, on social media. Quote, Danny is a tr- true one-of-a-kind, end quote. Eli wrote on Facebook, quote, he always had strong opinions and didn't mind telling you about them. He was incredibly funny. He loved the... To root for the little guy, and help whenever he could. We lost a good one today. He will be missed. End quote. See here, Goldman's acting uh, screen acting career began in 1963 with appearances on General Hospital, followed by appearances on That Girl, The Good Life, Mash, Hawaii Five-O, Colombo, Chips, and Bustin' Loose. He also had a small, uh, he had a small role opposite Gene Wilder, in uh, 1974's Young Frankenstein. I'm gonna have to rewatch that movie, just for him. And I'm probably gonna have to pop onto Boomerang and watch some, uh, some Smurfs today too. Uh, the big break for Goldman came at the the start of the 80s when he was cast to provide the voice for Brandy Smurf, on The Smurfs. Which aired on nineteen which aired in nineteen eighty one the series ran from nineteen eighty one to nineteen ninety airing a whopping two hundred and fifty eight episodes during that time Goldman was the actor who appeared in the second most uh the actor who appeared in the second most episodes overall, his Brainy Smurf shows up 225 episodes, only second to Don Messick, who voiced Papa Smurf in 240 episodes. Goldman later reprised the role of Brainy Smurf in several episodes of the Adult Swim's Robot Chicken. See, I knew that voice sounded that sounded like legit, like Brainy Smurf. Um, In fact, I think that's one of the ones I found on IMDb. Aside from Robot Chicken, Goldman only appeared on screen twice over the past 15 years. He played a character named Jacob in in a 2005 episode of King of Queens, and later appeared in two episodes of Criminal Minds in 2011 and 2012 as Bob Zloblonsky. In the recent big screen Smurf films, uh, Community and Ducktales starred Danny Puddy, Putty took over the role of Brainy Smurf. Yeah, I figured that was a different actor. That was what I looked into when I looked at uh, when I looked at uh, at IMDb when I was looking up the actors who played Brainy, because I figured the voice sounded different, so I was like, there has to be somebody else. All right, so the TV show Shits Creek and it's S C H I T T S Shits Creek um Emily Hampshire wants to play She-Hulk or or Spider-Woman. And this is what it says here. This is on This was a story that was that was posted on um, comicbook.com. are a couple of different ways you can support the podcast one is by rating and reviewing the podcast by going to rate.206geek.com the other way you can help the podcast is by going to support.206geek.com and become a podcast supporter if you support the podcast in that way you will get a shout out on it every episode And we're back. All right. So what I was going to say, what I was going to read here was Marvel comics has become a significant part of our popular culture in part to the characters um being a part of the incredibly successful. All right, Let's rewind and start over <laughs> in parts. Thanks to, uh, to the characters being a part of the incredibly successful film franchise the future of Marvel's films is already looking pretty bright. As a lot of beloved characters expected to make their debut as a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or Sony's universe of Marvel characters, while a lot of those highly anticipated roles have yet to be cast, it sounds like Shits Creek and 12 Monkey star Emily Hampshire Would love to throw her hat in the ring. Comicbook.com recently got a chance to chat with Hampshire about her role in the anthology series 50 States of Fright. Which premiered on Quibi starting Monday, April 13th. In the process, we asked about Hampshire's um, potentially playing Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman. A role she previously expressed an interest on social media. Quote. I would love to do that, Hamshire revealed. I didn't know where that came from, but whatever it came from, I agreed and I liked it. I would I would be be just good at it. I would be into that. I haven't I think I've seen an episode or two of Shits Creek, so maybe I should go back and rewatch it and see this person. Um and I don't know if I would be into watching a horror anthology. And actually, I have I have Quibi for the 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 trial period, so maybe I will check it out. We'll see. We'll see if I do. I will do a review of it here. And it says Hampshire also suggested a, another Marvel heroine that she would love to play. Uh, Je- Jennifer Walters. She will. Uh, she Hulk even. <laughs> man I need to get my eyes checked Jennifer Walters She-Hulk who is is expected to get her own live action series on Disney Plus quote the only other i can think of is i'd be very into playing She-Hulk Hampshire said i know that i know that's happening i've been hearing something about that i d- didn't realize that I looked up the comic book and didn't realize she was such a a you think of she she hulk and muscles and stuff but the person who's behind it is just a cool character so that or I'd like I would just love to play a comic book character I think that would be the coolest thing man I was just thinking could you th- can you remember a time when, uh, uh dang it, I'm having trouble with the, the game button here, pushing it the wrong way, there we go, <laughs> I was thinking, can you remember a time when, um, uh, when comic book TV shows and movies weren't, weren't sought after? weren't taken seriously, or, or when they when they did appear on TV in the movies, they were just absolute garbage. That's pretty much every comic book live action series that I remember growing up. Um, don't get me wrong, there's definitely a uh, um nostalgia for those shows today, but I went back and rewatched um, some some of those shows. I'm like, wow, this show. Does not hold up I was real little when that show or I' the show I'm thinking of specifically was uh the uh, captain Marvel live action series in the early early to mid seventies um for those of you who don't know that's Shazam um back in those days that's what his that's what the character name was he was he was captain marvel shazam was the was the wizard um, but the show was called Shazam. But yeah, I, I I watched I rewatched it on uh, DC Universe. If you haven't gotten DC Universe, sign up for it. It's like seven dollars a month. It's really cheap, um, and it's like seventy five dollars for a whole year. I actually think um, when I get my stimulus check, I might actually pay for a whole year of DC Universe. Um, is one of the, one of the one of the things to to kind of blow some money on. Um, I'm probably going to pay some bills first though. Either way. Um, so I watched that and going, wow, I remember watching this as a kid thinking it was the, it was the coolest show ever. And I, I watched about a dozen episodes. I'm like, man, this does not hold up. Oh man. Remember this being so much better. It was the seventies, man. I really, that's the only thing I can equate to the shitty acting and the stories were just garbage. The other thing I can think of is it was a seventies kids show. I think that's more accurate there. It was a 70s kids show. And that's why it was now I'm watching it now going wow that was just garbage. Um and I was thinking the other day about some other live action superhero shows um that I would love to see. And I'm I'm positive they would not hold up, but I would love to see them today on like a streaming service. Hopefully Disney Plus um can get their hands on the live action Spider-Man series, I've, I want to say it was like late 70s, early 80s, and, um, <laughs> I've actually recently in the last year or two, looked up video clips on, on YouTube, and, oh man, the, the, the costume was weird, because he had like these really weird, like mirrored eyes, and, um, were they mirrored or am I am I just remembering wrong it's possible I'm remembering wrong but i remember the costume looking kind of weird didn't look like it was um it didn't look as good as the ones in the in the movies that came out in the, you know the the Toby Maguire movies or even the more recent ones for that matter but um but i i have this distinct memory of Spider-Man climbing up the side of a of a wall, and it wasn't CGI. There wasn't special effects that are like video special effects. They actually had somebody. I don't. It was probably not the actor. It was probably a stunt guy. But they had him rigged up so he looked like he was like climbing like a spider. His arms were going up and down, and his feet were doing the same thing. And, and his legs and his feet were doing the same thing, and he was. It looked like he was being pulled up. because he, he was going up way too fast, and he, and it just it it didn't look natural. If you were to watch someone climbing the side of a, a, a building, it would not look like that. So, yeah, I I if you just do a search, for, I think it's on YouTube. There's short clips. It's not full episodes. I don't think. Uh, just Spider-Man live action seventies, and you'll—I'm you, sure you'll find it. All right, I think that's it. There's a little bit. Oh, well, here I'll go ahead and read it. There's a little bit more here. Um, the Spider Woman's on-screen feature is a is a bit of a question mark at this point with fans hoping to see the character have her own solo film either way at Sony or or Marvel Studios. A film was rumored to be in development early this year with Game of Thrones' Michelle McLaren seemingly seemingly set to to direct. No updates have been provided since then. In terms of She-Hulk... The character was announced to be headlining at Disney Plus series last summer, which would follow Jennifer's life as both high-profile lawyer and superhero. Marvel has reportedly been looking at a Allison Brie type actress to fill the titular role, which Amshire would definitely qualify as. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, that'd be cool. All right, more about Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios rumored to have met with John Krasinski. Uh, da, da, da. For multiple of projects, according to a new report, The Office and Jack Ryan star and fan favorite pick to play Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic, in the Fantastic Four reboot, now allowed to move forward at Disney-owned Marvel Studios. Following Disney's acquisition of formerly 20th Century Fox-controlled assets, including the X-Men in 2019, the filmmaker behind A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place 2 previously expressed an interest in directing Marvel Studios movies for producer and president Kevin Feige and remains open to playing a superhero after auditioning for the role of Captain America. Oh man, I would have actually liked to see him play Captain America. Don't get me wrong, Chris Evans did an amazing job, but I just think it would have been it would have been cool to see that guy play him too. And it says here, according to Geeks Worldwide, Krasinski is amongst among talent who virtually met with Marvel Studios in recent weeks. It's unclear what role Krasinski might play in a multitude of projects discussed whatever the actor or filmmaker, whether that actor be, that be actor or filmmaker. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, let me, let me step back. I think that would be great. What I said, I don't know, man, was, was because I'm, I'm struggling reading these things and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if I would, I would be able to do like voice acting or voiceover. Cause I keep tripping over my own damn words. I mean, yeah, they have producers and, and engineers and stuff that, like, engineer the shit out of it so it sounds perfect. Maybe that's how they're able to, to do it, because I, I, I would love to see, like, a blooper reel of voice actors recording stuff for, like, the things they're known for doing. I would love to see, like, Rob Paulson, like, trying to to spit out some, like, pinky-isms for the, 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 the new Pinky in the Brain that's coming out later this year. Or even the you know or even Maurice Lamarche trying to like do a brain speech, and just having him trip over his words. Not that I want to see them fail, but I would just I would I would like to see I would like to see the process of them recording those things, and see uh, see how see how the rec- the them recording their lines, going through like the editing process and having it finalized and stuff, I would love to see that kind of process, that would be cool to me, I think, oh, excuse me, that was awesome, I apologize, if, if, I think, I heard it in my headphones, so I'm assuming you probably heard it too, I apologize, that was kind of a gurgling sound effect coming from my throat, and I apologize. That was my stomach, I think, or maybe it was just trapped air escaping. I don't know. It was gross, sonny, though. <laughs> God, ah, geez. And he says, "Here, I would love to do it." Kurzinski told, uh, said in March when ComicBook.com asked about Reed Richards, the Reed Richards role. He says, "I think." To be a part of the Marvel world would be amazing anyways. And the fact that people would even consider me for that level of a part would be amazing. I genuinely have no... uh, I've had no conversations or or don't know anything that's happening with that. I'm awaiting Kevin's announcement of what the hell's happening with that as much as you are <laughs> oh man <laughs> i love it when when uh when when people we think are like in the know say dude i know i know about as much as you do i'm just as big of a fan as you are i love it when they say stuff like that Marvel has, has not yet formally announced p- plans to bring the Fantastic Four and the X-Men properties into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which, n- which next releases Black Widow in November. When ComicBook.com asked Feige about the future franchises at San Diego Comic-Con, where Feige name-dropped two brands, he said that Marvel Studios is working towards projects starring with starring the characters. In April 2019, after Marvel gained the rights to the Fantastic Four and X-Men properties, Feige said it would be a while before the X-Men appear in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The focus will remain on the projects The focus will remain on projects that were in development before Disney completed the 71.3 billion acquisition of, of Fox. Let me repeat that seventy one point three billion dollar acquisition of fox wow i i'm 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 pretty sure they didn't buy fox just for the marvel characters i'm sure they they wanted way more than that so the fact that they spent that much money um i think honestly i think they they I, acquired Fox Entertainment because they wanted to they wanted to have content to put on Disney Plus more than anything else. Uh, it says here, it's it's all just beginning in the five year plan that we've been working on we were working on before any of that was set. Feige said of the acquisition when promoting Avengers Endgame. So it's much more for us less about specifics of when and where the X-Men will appear right now and more just the comfort factor and how nice it is, their home, that they're all back, but it will be a very long time. Yeah. I I don't know about you guys, but when I first heard that they bought Fox Entertainment, and th- that meant that that the the X Men and Fantastic Four and all those Marvel characters in on on in Fox were now going to be like absorbed into the the MCU collective. I'm like, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be a while, but it's going to be amazing. <laughs> all right. I think we have one more thing here. This is the last story that I pulled up. It says, has San Diego Comic-Con been canceled yet? Well, you know, I've been thinking about like all the conventions that were supposed to happen this year. Some of which have already said uh, we're postponing till later in the year or like late summer. Um, I think that most of them, if not all of them are at this point, are going to... If things don't get better soon, and even even if the government said tomorrow, okay, we've squashed the curve, um, it is now safe to go out, I don't think there's going to be large gatherings anytime soon. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I think most people, if they're anything like me, or most of you that are listening to the podcast. I'm assuming you guys are listening to my podcast. Are very much like myself. In that. Um, you probably are okay with being around large groups of people. But you don't do it all the time. Um, and you. And, and you get worn out after. Being around large groups of people for. A si- significant amount of time. Um, sometimes even I have. I get energized by being around a group of people and but more often than not these days anyway I think I really have become an introvert where I don't really want to be around a a bunch of people I think that I would much rather stand off in the corner and just observe and actually and now that I'm thinking about it I've done that quite a bit over the years I don't think it's a new thing I think it's just something that I I didn't really think much about I didn't think it was different or weird. I just thought that was the way everybody was. I think there's, I'm I'm sitting here thinking back on like going to social, social events in places where you would have to interact with a bunch of different people. I have memories of in the mid to late nineties of going to, to dance clubs in Seattle, going to like industrial goth clubs and, um, wanting to wanting to be around people who like that kind of music and and I think I was just I was fascinated with that kind of club scene that the the clothing involved with it and then I really you know initially that was what it was and then I think I really started to like the music too but uh initially it was like seeing seeing the goth chicks that would come into that club was enough for me to want to go. (laughs) But um, I think a lot of times I would, I would go to those clubs and I would, I don't think I, I went, I don't, I'm sitting there thinking right now. I don't think I really ever went out on the dance floor many times. I think more often than not, I would stand off to the side and just kind of like, yeah, this is kind of called bobbing my head and, you know, moving a little bit here and there, and 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 I remember um, hanging out with the the people who would be outside the club smoking because you couldn't smoke inside, and um, and just socializing with them while they had their cigarettes. I would you know listen to the stories and and and. I don't think I really got involved too much with the stories I think I just sat there and listened and just kind of like interdicted here and there kind of thing yeah I think that's yeah I haven't really thought about going to that place in forever um in fact I don't know if I've listened to that that kind of music in a long time I, sh- I should probably dig out um some playlist um I got introduced to bands like V and V nation and, um, um, who else? Voltaire. He was like a goth, um, folk singer, really funny guy. Uh, he, uh, he had a song on Billy and Mandy. It was called brains. It was him that sang that, um, what else? All oh, right, The story about the convention closing. I got a little distracted there. I wasn't talking to you. Meanwhile. Ah, that was loud. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. That was loud. Uh, I'm going to turn the volume down on that. Oh, my God. I apologize for blowing out your eardrums. Jesus, let turn the volume down on that, so it's not quite so loud um meanwhile, back at the podcast so uh, it says here, in no terms of the headline in question, excuse me uh let me re- let me reread that no, in terms of the headline in question. Comic-Con is still a go. The annual pop culture event that brings in millions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of people to San Diego and its Gaslamp District is still planned for July 23rd through 26th, even with a social distancing order currently in effect as the global COVID-19 pandemic moves forward. The bigger question is, why hasn't Comic-Con been canceled? For those who have ever gone to Comic-Con before, staying at least six feet away from someone else is nearly impossible. There is nowhere in the convention area where that is exactly achievable, where that is an exact, easily achievable feat. Unless you jump in the water, Comic-Con... International has stated it is monitoring the situation as they remain hopeful that the show can go on. I think, I think it's probably, um, it's going to be one of those situations. If they do end up going forward with the convention and actually doing it, um, they're going to be, oh man, I just, I've seen video of people filing into the convention on a normal year. And there's so many people. The only way they would be able to do this is if they had like a maximum capacity, um, much less than what is normal for a building of that size. Which means there would be a massive bottleneck outside. People waiting to go inside. Although the upside to that would be that the lines for like events and and things would be much less. I would think anyway. Although if you're stuck outside waiting for. If you're stuck outside waiting for other people to leave so you can go in. You'll be there all fucking day. So I think. Unless it really like comes down to it where. It is. The CDC says it is safe for groups larger than 10 to 50 to be in one place at one time. It's not going to be this year, I don't think. I don't think. I, I think all big events like conventions and sporting events are all going to be canceled for the rest of the year. And uh, I, I, it sucks. It sucks because there are conventions that I wanted to go to this year that I wasn't really planning on going. I didn't, I didn't buy tickets yet, but I was hoping to at least like show up and buy a day pass kind of thing. This is what it says here. This is, this is from the San Diego Comic-Con Twitter page. To our amazing Comic-Con and WonderCon fans, we understand how difficult the current climate has been for us all. And appreciate your continued support through these trying times. No one is as hopeful as we are that we will be able to celebrate San Diego Comic-Con 2020 together come July. As we continue to monitor the situation with local authorities, we will post updates on our social channels. Until then, remember, a hero is an ordinary individual who finds strength to preserve Persevere and endure in spite of overwhelming obstacles, and that quote is um, from Christopher Reeve. Yeah, I I seriously don't think the 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 convince, the conventions are going to happen. I was hoping to, um, probably at the last minute go to Washington State Summer Con this year because I haven't really planned on going because I wasn't sure if I was going to have the money to go or if if the guests that were going to be there were people I wanted to see. I was kind of hoping to wait to see the entire um, list of people that are going to be there. And uh, if they're anything like the last two years, there's at least a handful of people that I want to see if they come back this year that were there the last two years um i was going to go last year but at the last minute i realized i just didn't have the funds to do it and as much as i wanted to go and i didn't save anything i should have and i i didn't although i'm that's something i might save money some of the, the stimulus check that i if i get it assuming i get the stimulus check and i'm assuming i'm going to get it cuz you know Everyone gets one of those, right? Alrighty then. Thank you guys for tuning in to another long winded <laughs> Um episode of of the Two O Six Geek with me, Todd, your host. Um I appreciate you guys, you know, tuning in and listening to the podcast. Um I, I've been kind of keeping an eye on like the 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 analytics for for anchor.fm to see where the podcasts are being downloaded from. And uh, it seems like a lot of people have been tuning in or downloading from rather um, France. And, uh, and um, thank you. Thank you very much. And people in the States and, and other countries, thank you as well. Um, if you like this podcast, if you enjoy what I'm doing um, please share my podcast with your friends and family. Tell them to, to download it to themselves. Say, hey, you should check this guy out. He is, he's entertaining. He's funny. He's Whatever it is, whatever reason you have for having your friends and family listen to my show, tell them that. Um, if you really want to support the podcast, you can go to support.206geek.com and select one of the three options there. There is 99 cents. There's four ninety nine and there's nine ninety nine. That's all American currency, by the way. Um, so in the in most nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Minimum range is four dollars and ninety nine cents, and the bottom one is ninety nine cents, so just under a dollar. And that will come out monthly. If you want to support the podcast, it would. I would be so grateful of that if you guys did that. Um, people that support the podcast that way would get a shout out every week or every episode rather because I've been recording more than every week these days but I will, if you do that if you go to support.206geek.com right now and and put in your credit card information or do it through your phone or whatever process you do it from um, I would really greatly appreciate it Now I will give you a shout out and if if you subscribe at the at the nine ninety nine level, I'll even give you an option to be a, a a guest, a guest host of the podcast. I will let you pick the topics to talk about, and we can chat. And um, we can do it remotely. You don't have to be here in person. That's not a problem. Um, um, anchor.fm has a way that I can have you call in, have you call in and we can record that way or i can have you do it through um like skype or something or um, even call me directly so and uh i have a i have an i have a google number you can call and uh that that rings into my phone anyways thank you again for listening to the podcast and um also another thing i would love for you to do go to rate.206geek.com And give the podcast a a rating and a review on whichever of the choices that are there that you want to do. If you're an Apple user, go to Apple, um, the Apple link there. And if you're an Android person, you can either do the Pod Chaser or the Stitcher reviews. The more people give the review to my podcast the more visible my podcast becomes and the more people will download my podcast the more people that listen to my podcast um, the better the podcast goes so again that's support.206geek.com for the being a supporter of the of the the podcast if if you can't afford to support in that way you can just do the rating by going to rate That's http colon slash slash rate.206geek.com and select either Apple, Podchaser, or Stitcher and do a review and a rating on those. If you can do all three, that would be amazing, but you don't have to do all three. One of them is just fine. But like I said, it helps the podcast out. It helps me out. Um, This is, um, I don't get a whole lot of money every month. And every little bit helps. And support your local artists. And and I I think of doing podcasting as being being an artistic person. Um, you know. But uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, and I'll I'll talk to you guys next time.